Hey there, welcome to ATL on 29 of Peach Freebs podcast, where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. I'm here with Glenn Willis of Peachtree Hoops on a Thursday night, uh, shortly after the conclusion of the Falcons game. Glenn, did you throw an interception tonight? I think I might have. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody did. Even the guy on the other team, uh, I think, did at one point tonight. But I, I played quarterback in high school many years ago. Um, but I, it, they might have gotten desperate enough that I got a few snaps and, and threw one myself. Maybe that might have happened. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, we're it's kind of a we're thing. Two, football. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're two nights from the next Hawks game. They'll have the chance uh, to win their fourth game in a row after losing six in a row. Uh, what's been the biggest difference this week besides being home? I, I think just uh execution across the whole game is the biggest one for me um you know i felt like if we kind of look back to the road trip they executed for like what 43 44 minutes in that phoenix game uh feels like uh in i guess utah um and then even denver even the shots that go in denver kind of in the second half they got their execution squared away um and so i feel like we've seen kind of stretches uh where their play was kind of where they needed to be to, to be the team that, um, you know, I think a lot of people expect them coming into the season, but getting home, I guess, getting a little bit of rest, all of the things that kind of come with getting off the road, uh, getting out of uh, the altitude of Denver at the end of the road trip, but that, you know, whatever factored in, I just think the last three games they've been playing more complete games from a, uh, consistency standpoint. Um, and that's been the, the biggest thing. I uh, Clint look, you know, also Clint looks like he's more of himself again now, and that's a makes a huge difference um, on defense. Not even uh, necessarily on just on plays where he's kind of impacting shots at the rim with a blocker or whatever that be, but just getting them organized and keeping them organized. Um, and and then you know I, I feel like Trey has uh, stabilized a little bit in the form of him um, impacting games whether that game might involve him taking you know, 22 shots or it might involve him taking 12 shots. Um, the Boston game is a good example of where, you know, the, you know, he, he wasn't uh, going to generate a, a ton of shots at the rim. They weren't going to give up basically any lobs uh, at the rim. So he had to play through others, but he still had in his own way an ability to kind of control that game and to get his offense set up, uh, even though that involved him giving up the, the ball pretty early in possession. So those are the, those are the biggest things uh, I've seen. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with all that. I mean, the, definitely that it felt like the Utah and Denver games, they were pretty close. I mean, those were good games against good teams at the end of a trip and, and they played reasonably well. I, I still kind of think that, a lot of it comes down to the bench that the the late third quarter collapse has is gone. Yep, uh, we've seen you know better stuff from Capella, uh, but also I feel like Gallinari has played better. And just overall, I, the the passing from the whole team feels a little bit better. I, I I kind of got a little bit sick to my stomach when when I was hearing the oh the DeAndre Hunter's out there's that's a silver there's a silver lining in that like, there's there's no silver lining in that um but I, I do agree. think that the you know for 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 a game like yesterday against Boston 
it was helpful to have Herter in the starting lineup because he gave them an element of passing that they need and, and, and shooting and playmaking uh, so that if it was just a matter of Trey getting off the ball and then playing four on three, uh, they could do that proficiently. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I think for where Hunter was, uh, and, and I don't know, it's funny because people talk like he just sucked the whole season, which is not true. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, he, he, I don't, I don't know why, but he kind of maybe was, I don't know, actually when the risk injury occurred, right? I don't know how the knee's been doing, you know, so I'm not sure on all that stuff. He had a, he had a more rough games than good games towards the end of his stretch before he went out with the injury. Um, but you know, he, he's a, he was operating a little slower, a little more methodically uh, than everybody else. You know, Herter, um, uh, is uh, more experienced in the league, more experienced playing with Trey, more experienced playing with John, all that stuff. Right. And, yeah. and in my mind, Herter is a competent, you know, kind of starting caliber wing, you know, um, but you know, all the time Hunter missed last year, um, some of the limitations that he had, uh, coming into this season, it really shouldn't be a shock that they were going to need to kind of build him up to um, be able to play at the rhythm that they want, at the pace that they want for him to be kind of clicking at the, at the same pace everyone else is, to not have those kind of many delays that we would see uh, or hesitation we would see before he would decide how he wanted to attack a certain possession and things like that. But that's not a silver lining because when Hunter gets back from the injury, they're going to start the process all over again. Uh, they need him. And they need him in the starting lineup. They need his defense there, and they need the the unique contribution he can offer offer on offense, attacking mismatches. Uh, you know, being able to knock down shots, be able to attack bigger defenders when they match on him, smaller defenders when they match up on him. Um, that's that's something he gives them that no none of their other wings give them. You know, so I I'm, uh, I reject um, politely, even if I <laughs> if it's that way that people saying like, oh, they're going to be better off. Um, you know, might their offense have some short-term benefit? Sure. I think that that's uh, fair, very fair. But in terms of what the, where this team needs to get to, what they need to do to kind of get to that place, they need him. And this is just really delaying the process of getting him in uh, to the mix and kind of getting him to the point where he's giving them the kind of things that they need for him. So, I understand fans were kind of feeling anxious about them not winning any games there for a while. Um, and some fans might say, well, these games were more likely wins uh, because he wasn't there. Um, I don't think that that's true. Um, even if the offense um, has benefited in some small ways uh, by having Herter, like I said, who's has, um, you know, another an extra season more than Hunter, even more than that, we consider the time Hunter's missed of injury with the key players on offense. So, not a silver lining, but a factor of sorts. Um, but when Hunter gets back, they got to start the process all over again. And that's going to, you know, that may or may, that may be at an even less fortunate time in the season, or maybe a more fortunate time. I don't know where things are going to be when he gets back, but just keep getting down the road in that sense to me. Well, you took what I wanted to say, and now I have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wanted to point out that, yes, the, the passing and the offense and the hesitation and the clunkiness of kind of getting the ball to him and then playing through him or moving on to the next play was definitely there, and, but it's still going to be there. And 
this was the time to get through that and have him get better at that, get him the reps. And, and now he's not going to get those reps. It's not great. And I, I still feel like all along that somehow Herder needs to be playing a little bit more with the starters, more minutes, more time with Trey, more time with, you know, DeAndre, to be honest. Uh, and now they don't have DeAndre there, but that, you know, that I, I think that's something that even when DeAndre comes back, I, I want to see. But you're going to end up with things like Bogdan trying to guard Jason Tatum last night, which didn't really go very well. And the scare with Kevin Herter's hamstring, it's like, there's no silver lining in DeAndre gets hurt. Oh, wait. Oh, Kevin might be hurt too. That That's that's not silver lining. That's like doomsday stuff if, if they both get hurt. Yeah, for sure. And we even saw – it's been a little strange because when, when the when the game's – Hunter's missed, we, I think we've seen McDonavich on Donovan Mitchell. You know, I think we saw him spend some time on uh, Devin Booker. It's, it's been kind of strange to see him taking some of the assignments. I, I, I'm not sure – what that's all about, except the fact that he's just a stronger player than Herder, uh, and kind of maybe can you know Booker's a really physical guy, and, and Tatum is in his own way. I mean, he definitely is trying to get to his spots and things like that. But yeah, I mean, the point of attack defense, uh, you know, wasn't great across the board, even when Hunter was playing at his best defensively to start the season, and now they're just um, you know their best defender down uh, in that area which might look fine. And when you're playing the Orlando Magic with young guards and wings, um, might look fine when you're playing a Boston team that doesn't really pass the ball <laughs> all that much and, and yes. don't, they don't generate any rim, any rim pressure with the dribble apart from kind of what Dennis can do uh, getting there uh, t- now and then. Um, but, you know, coming up, um, you know, uh, will they miss him on, on Gordon Hayward, you know, potentially? Would they have used him on LaMelo Ball? I, you know, I don't know. But you kind of go down the line, John Morant's right around the corner, and he depended a lot uh, last season. So, you know, the offense wasn't the end of the court where they had their biggest issues before they started winning these games, to be honest about it. Uh, and they'll, they'll miss him defensively, and just like we both said, they're going to have to start this process all over again. So, Thankfully, Herder's there. Uh, gr- gratefully, Redis played really well against Boston. Um, you know, who knows if he can stabilize in his play and become that type of player, something like that more consistently. It'll be important. Um, but anyone who's um, trying to say, oh, they're better without Hunter, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I lost my train of thought. That's terrible. Maybe I should just go to go full on rant because I have I have something that's bugging me. Is it Gorgie? No. Well, (laughs) 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 I mean, (laughs) I I, I am slightly annoyed that when you know Gallinari and Bogdanovich and uh, Cam Reddish play bad point of attack defense, all of a sudden Gorgie has to sit, but. No, that's not it. Okay. Well, I can't it's wait kind to of hear an anti gorgie thing, to be honest. Oh, I, I, okay. I'm tired. No, not again. Not, uh, it's a thing against players who aren't like gorgie. Gotcha. I, I'm tired of six foot seven, six foot eight centers playing the five position, trying to draw charges as, as their defensive tactic. It's just making me nuts. I don't want to see Mon, 
Montrez Harrell anymore. I don't want to see any more Blake Griffin. I've had enough of Bobby Portis. It's just, it's too much. It's just diluting the product. I want to see six eleven guys who jump and try to block a shot. Uh, I don't want teams sacrificing defense for offense with their five man because well, he can just kind of get in the way and fall down and that that'll, that'll work. And that teams will get, you know, hesitant around the rim when we do that enough. And I, I just can't take it. I don't want to see this anymore. These are like all the best teams in the East, like the bucks, the nets, the wizards are, are doing really well. I, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Grant Williams kind of in that, even though he's beloved by he's, NBA Twitter teams, he's, he's less of a flopper, more of a strong guy. I, I, I don't mind him as much. And they yeah. were playing him next to Horford, so you know it's it's not the same kind of cop out. If you, you, if you, you know, I liked Ursan back in the day. He was playing four. You know, if your four has to take a charge now and then because he, he's on a switch or he's playing some help defense, trying to contribute that way, that's fine. I I don't yeah. like it when it's the centers. It really bugs me. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, the kind of starts with the, our, our friend, Jess Eagle saying that people are going to get hurt and it's true. You know, there's injury risk there, but you know, legitimately try to play defense, you know, <laughs> um, is that's more, way more interesting to watch than, you know, I remember, was it, was it two seasons ago now that one game that the Hawks played in Phoenix where they were just, like pulling into anybody who was driving with the basketball. Yeah, they were going know. for the off-ball charges. That, that Rubio was... had like I don't know seventeen charges drawn that game. I, I'm sure that's not the right number, but it felt like it. You know, yeah. um, but you you'll see. And, and then there was a lot of that in the in the conference finals last year. I mean, PJ Tucker does that as much as anybody. You know, he's what six yeah. five and a half guy will play a decent <laughs> amount of center. You know, so yeah, but I mean, he, he's a little different too. He's kind of more the Grant Williams type in that at least he can respectfully do some strong stuff out on the perimeter. Sure. He tries to stop. It's, it's you... the guys who are just playing so much five and really aren't good around the perimeter. Then it's just, it's too much. You, you've crossed a certain line at that point, but I agree with you on Tucker. He's kind of, he's half in half out. Cause at least you can, you know, even if he's being, you know, there's a physical side to his game that goes with sort of a, a tactical technician part I would certainly like to see him referee differently, but at least he's not the the full on just complete. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, but he's certainly emblematic of some some problems. <laughs> I think the worst one I've seen in a while was the charge Gallo drew. I guess. Oh, he he was like apologizing for it. Yeah, and again, yeah. you know, he's out there. I don't he's friends with Dennis Center at the time. Yeah, he's friends with Dennis and. He apologized, and I think he was out there with, with John or somebody at the time because they're not playing Gorgie enough. Right. But uh, that's a separate issue. It is. It's. I wonder if I do – do you feel like Gorgie's going to get back in the mix here, or do you feel like Nate's going to be like, no, we're, we're winning. We kind of have our first and second unit mostly sorted out here. We're going to play with Kevin, you know, with a starting group. Obviously, Hunter is out. And the second unit, we're going to get DeLon and Lou and Cam going and then Gallo with the four – and then we'll just kind of split time between JC and Capella. Uh, or do you feel like we're going to get Gorgie back in the mix here? I don't. I think he was kind of a break in case of emergency because they were hesitant to let Cantor smash them on the offensive glass. So sure. 
Uh, I think they that was sort of a first half to second half adjustment. Until then, it was like the only thing he was playing before was first halves. Yesterday against Boston, it was a second half. So I don't think it was like a planned thing. I think it was a, a game time change in tactics once they yeah. saw how it was going. Yeah, I mean, Nate rode Capella and JC all the way through like, like for the first nine minutes of the third quarter. So, you know, normally he'll pull Capella first and then get kind of Capella back out there. Um, and pulled John and kind of worked things out that way. Um, but he he rode the starting unit for a long time in the third quarter then kind of had to go to Gorgie because JC and uh, Capella were both gassed after playing nine straight minutes. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, and, and part of the reason I don't think Gorgie's going to come back, and it's actually a good thing, is that Capella and Gallinari are playing better. Like they, they, they sorted it out. And so, you know, when they're playing well, uh, that makes sense. It just seemed like there was a while there where. Uh, Capella could have done sort of the same sort of thing in, in, in fewer minutes and, and Gallinari just, we, it felt like we, we just needed less of it. Um, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, I think he was, it's not often that you would say he was a detriment on offense, but it felt like for a little while, like he was a detriment on offense and his defense isn't really such where that's, that's a, a thing that you can live with, but yeah, honestly, his defenses look better in his offense too. Yeah, but I mean, when he was a quote detriment on offense, that was like most of the time it seemed like it was like, well, the offense overall is sucking and Gorgie's the easiest guy to pull off the court and try to, you know, I mean, it's not like he was out there uniquely, you know, sinking, (laughs) sinking the offense, but it's, it's really taking Lou and DeLon on the second unit to kind of get that group going again. And Gallo making shots for sure makes a huge difference. That second unit has to have Gallo. Uh, making shots, especially with Herder playing with the starters more now. But, uh, you know, it feels like they have kind of a nice little rotation to work with right now that everybody feels good about, including Nate, including the players uh, and all that sort of stuff. And if, if Lou's going to make shots the way he has kind of more recently, and then if Gallo is now the shot maker that he is, I mean, last year it took him a little while to kind of get there too. He's missed some games early in the season with injury and, and stuff. So, you know, if that's how it's going to be, then the offense is going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, and to me, you know, that, that kind of makes me turn to the defense and say, what are we going to get, you know, on that end from the, from, from the team um, kind of as we're moving forward, are they going to be uh, cleaner on that end? Are they going to be better organized on that end? Um, and that'll make, that'll, you know, have a, a huge impact on how many, games they can win like of their next 10 for example is feels like the offense is there feels like people are confident in the groupings first and second unit now let's see what they're able to kind of sustain on defense that will um have a lot to do with wins and losses <laughs> i keep losing my trade i thought we were to start recording earlier I had something from what you were saying a minute ago that I wanted to, to add to, and now it's just gone. Uh, wow. Um, it's late for you, so <laughs> the listeners should know. Um, I mean, does, does Nate I – mean, there, was there a practice today? I, I, I there thought no there was practice supposed, today. Okay. It was there like was three and to... four days. Okay. Three games and four days after they got back from that West Coast trip, so. Okay. Just I was just curious, like how does Nate seem more settled? Uh, I mean, he's been around the game forever, but you get the sense that he's feeling better about things uh, now, or or something different. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Okay, 
I shouldn't forget. This is almost insulting that I would forget this. Uh, but do you think that with DeAndre Hunter out, we're going to see more Solomon Hill because we did not against Boston? Is it going to be more of a situational thing? It, or just I mean, we won't or what? Well, I mean, it, you know, for me, that really comes down to how much they want to be willing to use uh, Timothy Lowe Cabarro. You know, he's pitched. He's well, they didn't like, use him either. <laughs> this is kind of a, a neither then. Right, know, right. But Boston I mean, game. well, I mean, so for me, like, so Cam played so well that Cam was able to basically take as many minutes as you want to throw at him. Okay. in that game what when i think we'll find out is if that's not going well especially in the second half um not going well i hope cam has kind of turned a corner you know i'll believe it when i see it uh, that's not to say i don't think he'll ever reach a point of playing consistently this year i just think it's you know our life experience would tell us that you know that, that it's not this simple um that it's going to take some up and down before he maybe kind of gets to a point where it's more consistent but it, you know in those games where Herder has, like, in some games, has found himself in foul trouble if Herder has the hamstring kind of pop up again. Um, so if the question is if everyone stays healthy and apart from kind of foul trouble issues, I think he's probably not going to play unless the other team has a big physical wing that uh, handles a lot of their offensive usage. And then I think like you Tatum? kind of have – well, I mean, he, Tatum's not really physical, right? Okay. I mean – Yeah, that's true. You know – um, I mean, there's a ton of finesse. I mean, he's, you know, behind the back, you know, sidestep, you know, step backs and all. He has a ton of craft. But, you know, I mean, every, LeBron is obviously one that comes to mind. But, like, Paul George is super physical at the point of attack. Um, you know, Beal working off screens is really physical. How he sets up his guys. Um, you know, so, it, it, you know, I'm trying to look across their, you know, their kind of schedule here and, you know, Right after Thanksgiving, like the Knicks, well, they have to play him at some random minutes because Hunter's not there. That, that seems like it almost will have to happen, right? Um, and there might be some some other uh, times times in there too. But it, I, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation game in game out right now. Okay, I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting. Uh, like if it, if you mentioned TLC and I just feel like there's also some additional burden or capacity that you could get out of DeLon Wright, but they're two different kinds of players. I could see TLC me more of a, a seamless split, but they're I wouldn't hate DeLon seeing more minutes just because almost like what we were saying about DeAndre Hunter, I, I think there's some smoothing out that can happen the more that he plays. I don't think that he's going to work all the kinks out playing 12 minutes a game. Uh, you know, maybe he could, if he was playing 20 minutes a game and, and it might not be perfect and, and smooth at first. And I, you don't want to play too many players that are going to hinder what you have on offense with, with John and Clinton Trey, but I don't know. I just feel like, you, you you gain something obviously you gain a lot on defense he's so i'm so impressed watching him game in and game out the stuff that he does on defense but i just feel like you could smooth out some of the offensive stuff if he got some more minutes yeah it's it's strange because nate has has said 
directly, he's not ready to run our offense yet. And and it's like this guy is what been in the league is, feels like what eight or nine years, you know, whatever it is. Um, and he's been all over the place. Um, but you know, I guess it's take Nate at face value in a way. Um, uh, and then like the first before Delon briefly found himself out of the rotation, he was on with Gallo when Gallo was like dribbling, you know, 17 seconds of every offensive possession away. It's like, how, well, how is Delon going to kind of find his opportunity to get them organized and get them into their actions and stuff if they're just chasing mismatches and, and Gallo was working down on the post, you know? So, you know, I've talked before the, about how NBA teams are typically trying to build up to something. Uh, and I think that my, my guess from what I'm seeing is that Lou and Delon are a good uh, some good chemistry right now. Seems to be benefiting Gallo. He's making shots. Uh, he's um, moving the ball better. Uh, Cam has been moving the ball better on the court with Lou and Delon. Yeah. And so just kind of let those guys have their minutes. Um, it's kind of funny because at the beginning of the year, we were like all talking about how tired of the all bench minutes we, you know, we were seeing because they were terrible. Um, and now we're kind of to a point where it's like, I think Nate's going to go kind of first unit, second unit for the most part, except for how he handles the center um, and it's at center. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's okay because Lon and Lou gives you kind of a nice combination of two kind of combo slash lead guards that can create in their own ways and, and get shots. And you're not too reliant on Gallo creating all by all on his own, which I don't think he's well suited for at this point in his career at least game in, game out. And then you're not asking too much from Cam in terms of shot creation. Um, so it, it seems like it's kind of whether it's been strategic or completely not strategic <laughs> with the Hunter injury, things have kind of settled in here. And I think that's what we're going to get for a while. And I think I feel okay about it. Yeah, we, we had the, you know, the recent all bench unit and then we had the all bench units before, but it felt like to kind of kick the slump to the curb, Nate, paired Trey up with the bench more like we got those those right. minutes where Trey's minutes would over he would leave early and come back with Lou and that just seemed to sort of settle the offense from that bench unit a little bit more to just right. to get started with Trey just so that they could kind of get their feet wet and I don't know that just seemed to, to to grease things for the offense so that the ball moved a little bit better and they were just trying to attack their small edges instead of trying to uh, hit a home run on every play the first time they touched the ball. Yeah. And I mean, and then there, that just reminds you like how much leverage on the defense trade creates just by dribbling the ball across half court, you know? And, <laughs> and when you have the second unit out there without Trey, yeah. it's like, who's, who's going to create that first little bit of leverage on the defense side, you know, Delon's not Trey, no one's Trey, right? Lou can maybe kind of do that some now and then and and he has been a little bit more um of initiator in that sense but yeah i mean it, it makes sense if like the second unit stuck so trey minutes where he's at least creating that first point of leverage on the defense is helpful to them um but it, but it's been interesting because trey what has been coming off earlier that you know and then like you said reinserting um but now that Lou Delon and Cam are kind of settled. I wonder if we'll continue to see it or not. You know, I guess we'll have to find out on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to get to tonight? 
it, it seems like there are less problems for us to solve. We we could do a quicker podcast because things are good. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we could look ahead to Charlotte maybe for a couple of minutes because you know they got off to a really good start. Um, it's a, you know it's in the division, um, which does that matter? Only in that they're going to play four times this year. Um, right. And so kind of measuring themselves against each other. So, I mean, it's a, the, the, I think this is going to be one of the most interesting games of the season um, coming into um, a whole game Saturday night versus the Hornets. Um, last year, I remember the first time the Hornets ran the zonals the whole game, and, and it seemed like Trey just kind of, it looked like from a distance, Trey was just kind of checked out and said, you guys figured out, you know, I know that's not what happened, but it's just kind of the way the optics were, you know, around that game. And they got they got a little better each time, um, but it's interesting because apart from um, Mason Plumley, <clears throat> we got to be specific now because the other Plumley played there and then was part of the trade and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, they they don't have much at the center position, so they're going to play small. They're going to play like you're going to see PJ Washington and Miles Bridges potentially playing at the four and the five together, like they did last year. Um, you know, you'll see some kind of other kind of fits there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if Nate once says to himself, we got to go smaller because they're going smaller, or we're going to just kill them on the offensive glass and we're going to keep Clint out there because he's had us so well organized recently. Um, so, you know, I think this is one of the most fascinating games in terms of X's and O's and kind of coach versus coach uh, kind of scheme and rotation and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be fascinating game and i'm looking forward to watching it yeah i i bet that video from last season comes out of practice <laughs> maybe not maybe it's too sore of an issue maybe yeah. like, no we, we can't open old wounds but i do think that with capella playing better like if 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 capella was playing the way he was 10 days ago that's that's this this matchup would be really problematic and and you would probably want to go smaller but for sure uh, I think they're in a better spot, but I do think this is the most interesting game of the homestand. Agreed. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte has some players. Who, who do you want guarding Lamelo? Um, well, I mean, I think I want Herder on that one. Um, I wonder if that's what it'll be, but um, but I wonder if Hawks fans know how good Miles Bridges has been this year. I, I'm curious <laughs> if that'll be a surprise for Hawks fans who, you know. Fans that only want only watch Hawks games, and which is you know a way that fandom kind of works, you know, to a large extent. But right. Miles Bridges has been so 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 good this year. Um, probably the best player on Charlotte this season. Yeah. Um, and you know, John's going to probably be asked to take that from the jump, uh, which will be interesting. He's you know, Bridges is not just kind of your three and D power forward kind of which was the brand he sort of kind of carried in the league. He's been creating running pick and rolls, creating off the dribble. Uh, functioning as a passer in kind of kind of those situations and just and making shots. So I mean, it's it's been something. But you know, Hawks fans should be ready to to the extent you can enjoy Miles Bridges in this game and and, and have some anticipation around the challenge it's going to be for the Hawks to kind of face him up. And when he and when he and kind of Mello get going together, and you know, Hayward's a professional, you know, competent. Uh, player, it's going to be a challenge, and I, I, it should be a, I think, a fantastic game. And I'm glad it's on a Saturday. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I feel like Kelly Oubre is always a, when he pretty much 
every game, you know, every team that he's on, he's like the swing player. It's like, ooh, if Kelly Oubre plays well, they probably win. But he's also the kind of player where he's a little bit erratic. And if you get if you get bad Kelly Oubre, it, it, it could be a good night for the other team. He's he's such a swing player. Depending on, sure. I don't know. It just feels like there's always that wide variation in his game. He's either really but helping was, or really hurting. Yeah, and it was. Re- I I got to see some of the uh, Portland Charlotte game, and it was jarring to see Cody Zeller in a yep. in a Portland uniform. My goodness, like, he he was a bobcat. I know they have no more bobcats in in Charlotte. He was the last one. Yeah, that's the way the league works. Um. Uh, um. But, you know, I also, Hawks fans might not know that one of the uh, low-key Hawks killers, is Smith, is on that team, too. So, mm, yes. But, uh, that's true. I mean, it just feels like DeLon would be a great matchup for him. Yes. I, I, if this were last year, I would be a lot more worried about Ish Smith. I, I, I feel much better about the Ish Smith minutes if DeLon's going to be out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is thought Hawks fans that didn't know should be kind of prepared because there tends to be kind of uh, like, oh, oh that, that that's where we're going to see this guy this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like worried about you, Smith per se. I respect, you know, what the, the career he's been able to carve out for himself. But um, yeah, I mean, Miles Bridge is really, really good. Uh, Hayward's a professional guy that you have to account for. Mello is an up and coming um, young, um, likely star player in the league. Um, but I don't think they really have anything to deal with Clinton JC, especially when those two guys are on the court together. So, you know, when, when to start the game of Clinton JC are kind of, you know, having their way in the middle, then what does James Rago do? If that's not the case and the Hornets to kind of tread water during those minutes, does Nate then feel like he has to find a small lineup? He wants to work with that game. Maybe fascinating to see in the, the first six minutes of the game or so are going to have a lot to do with um, which team has to kind of, make a, a an adjustment or a counter adjustment of sorts first, uh, which will, which could swing the game in an interesting um, direction from kind of a game flow and rotations and such. So can't wait to see it. Yeah. I think a, a big thing and it, it's kind of annoying because he's, he's too good of a player. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of analogous to hit to one before. And I was saying, you know, when, when Gallo plays poorly and, and, and bogey plays poorly short, Short, uh, short Gorgie's minutes. It's like Trey kind of needs to not irritate the referees because John gets a <laughs> terrible whistle. Like John just gets an True. awful whistle. Yeah. It's like Trey can irk the referees and he still gets a pretty good whistle. It's like, but you know, it's like he's got to be considerate so that he doesn't totally irritate the referees to the point where John just gets crap officiating. Like they're just the interactions between him and Dennis. Uh, last night, Dennis's foul uh, on Gallo, notwithstanding, but the interactions between Dennis and, and John were terrible. Like Dennis just outright pushed John in the back as John was going up for a dunk, and it was like, oh, yeah, no, no call. And John just like, you never see John get that mad, but he's just like, yeah, I'm not even running back for the fast break. I'm just going to stare at this referee for 15 seconds, and it's like. I don't know. I, w- I want John to get a better whistle. He gets same. He, he's like a borderline all-star player, and he, he gets officiated in a way that nowhere near reflects that. So, like that, that's a big thing against Miles Bridges because he's the kind of player, physical player, and and he's just taking his game to another level. Uh, even, you know, with the ball in his hands, especially that 
you know, you, you kind of need John to get through that first eight minutes with one foul or less so that the rest of the game can stay on rotation. Because if that, if that stays true to form, I, you know, I, I think you can kind of pair John with miles and live with that and try to win, win the battle everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. To agree. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to imagine anyone uh, on the floor in the Miles Bridges minutes except John, unless Solo is going to play some in this game. That could that could be needed, you know, um, because of how how big and strong uh, Bridges Bridges is. So that that'll be fascinating um, to see uh, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, what was it two games ago? John had a career high at the free throw line. I think was it was that Orlando? Seems like it was. Um, I think so. Yeah. And then I guess Boston he couldn't <laughs> couldn't get any couldn't get a call, which is more par for the course for his whole career feels like. Yeah. All right. But they're in a good place. Let's uh hope they can get the win uh against Charlotte um for Hawks fans' sake. Um, but regardless, it's gonna be a fun game to watch on Saturday. More fun than the Falcons and Patriots game was tonight for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time, Glenn. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good night. Good night. Bye.